Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Hi there, once again, for the Growing in Grace podcast, Mike Kapler here, the Cap, along with the Breeze man, Joel Breezeke, and we're glad to have you with us here. Hey, uh, sometimes we like to just kid around a little bit here at the beginning. It's usually all quite spontaneous, but... You know, we want to make sure that we're moving forward here with our James and Paul series, and uh, there's much more to be said in the in the weeks ahead. But let's pick up where we've been leaving off here, and and maybe do a little retrospect here, Joel. By the way, you're, you're doing okay this week, right? I'm doing fine. Fan Dabby Dozy. <laughs> Fan Dabby Dozy. That's a word I heard on the TV in England as a boy. But okay, yes, I'm doing fine. Your education has just done wonders for you. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Life education. Um, so James and Paul, did they agree or disagree? We've come to the conclusion that they were not in harmony with each other on the subject of faith, works, and justification. Without going back and covering everything, something that James said in James 2.18, he said, You have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well, even the demons believe and tremble. But do you not know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Uh, Was Abraham, this is an important point here with Abraham. This is one thing I wanted to highlight that we covered uh, briefly in past programs recently. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. So you see then that a man or a person is justified by works and not by faith only. This is precisely the opposite of what Paul wrote over and over and over again. And this the thing I, I wanted to mention again here, he and Paul both use Abraham to try and argue their case. And again, keep in mind that James wrote this long before Paul's writings, many years before that. One of the earliest books in the New Testament written to Jewish people who were still presuming that they were under the law, the law of Moses. But the point here is that Paul uses the same verse from Genesis about Abraham believing God and being justified by believing. Well, James is trying to take that scripture, Genesis 15, 4. Let me go to this here real quick. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir, talking about Isaac. Then he brought him, God brought him, Abraham, outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he, Abraham, believed in the Lord and it was accounted to him for righteousness. God accounted him the gift of righteousness by his belief. 
in the idea that he would have a son someday. James jumps ahead. That's what that scripture is referring to. It was accounted to Abraham as righteousness for believing that he would have a son someday. James takes it somewhat out of context here by jumping ahead to the time where Abraham was going to sacrifice his son and lays that scripture there in that context, which is actually not correct based on when God declared Abraham's righteousness to be accounted to him through belief. It was long before Isaac was ever born. So I just wanted to point that out because uh, Paul explains this in Romans chapter 4 as well as in Galatians chapter 3. Yeah, that, and that's a very big point because James is coming from what we can read in his epistle. He's trying to make a point. Again, if you can get your mindset away from James and Paul needing to agree, needing to be in harmony with each other, James is coming from a point of view of trying to show that works are needed to work along with faith in order for justification to happen. I'm just saying what James said just in a different way, because in James 2, James does say, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? And he says, like you read, someone will say, you have faith, I have works, show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. And he summarizes what he says with, you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. So James is trying to dig into some scriptures to show that works are needed to work together with faith. Whereas what you were just saying there from Genesis 15, it's made clear that Abraham believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. That's being justified, being made right, being made righteous. End of story. And that's what Paul said, again, in, um, in Romans 5, in Galatians 4, Romans 4, and in, in Galatians, Paul is trying to show people that to the man who does not work but believes that's that's how a person is justified you know paul is making it clear that no works are necessary you can't add works in fact it's the person who does not work that is justified paul is not saying that works work together with faith james is saying that works need to work together with faith in order for a person to be justified there's a huge difference there and so like you said paul is going to the scripture directly that says Abraham believed God and that was how he was counted as righteous. James is reading something from Genesis 22. He's looking ahead, like you say, he's jumping ahead. Nowhere in that passage does it say that, oh, now that's when Abraham's works finally made it so that that promise that God made in Genesis 15 made him justified. No. Abraham was justified in God's own words, or at least in the, in the words of Genesis 15. He believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him as righteousness. That's when Abraham was justified, before he had ever done any works. Let me put it this way. Abraham had done no works when God <laughs> declared him righteous. There was nothing to show for his faith, and God said that he was righteous. And, and James is trying to make a case that you need to have works, uh, because uh, if, if there are no works, then your faith is dead. 
Well, that's not how God seemed to see things in Genesis 15. He made them righteous when there were no works. And so uh, that's just another reason why it just seems very clear to us that James and Paul were not in agreement, at least on the subject of how a person is justified when it comes to faith and works. And, and we do see, as we mentioned in, in Acts 15, we do see where years later uh, there was this uh, debate going on between some of the apostles like Paul, Peter, and others, and, and uh, arguing with some people on, on the council that, that James had at the Jerusalem church, arguing about this very subject, and specifically on the, on the topic of Gentiles, non-Jewish people. And James seemed, at least, at least with the Gentiles, started to come around and say, okay, they don't have to keep the law, because they were never really under it. I get that. I hear what you're saying. So he rendered a judgment that the Gentiles would not be required to be brought back under law. But then he said, you know what, though, if they really want to get the full scope of what they should be involved with here, they can go to the synagogues weekly when uh, the law is read. And so he, he made that statement. But the, so on this subject, though, with, with these passages that we've been talking about today, basically, in a nutshell, Paul is, is saying that love is the result of justification. All right. Salvation results in love, whereas James is suggesting that justification is the result of love and faith working together. Those things result in, in justification. So it's a little bit backwards based on what Paul is writing. And and reflect back to what we covered, too, a little bit ago, a couple weeks back, in, in the book of Galatians, where, where Paul explains, I, I wasn't taught this gospel by by men. When I, when I discovered Christ, you know, on the road to Damascus, I didn't go uh, and seek counsel or flesh and blood or teaching from others. He he spent time alone for several years being taught, evidently, this uh, revelation of the gospel of grace by the risen Christ. He explains that in, in Galatians 1 and then goes into Galatians 2 and points out some things that were going on there after he had left those people other Judaizers came in, some from James came in and started telling these Gentile people who were saved by Christ through faith in him, um, they began to say, well, there's circumcision, there's other things with the law that you need to add to this. Now, you can try to make the case that uh, James didn't send these people, we don't really know, but the fact that Paul points it out that they came from James, and why would he mention that if somehow James wasn't... Um, necessarily behind it, so to speak. So he's naming names there in Galatians chapter 2, also scolds Peter publicly for uh, being a hypocrite, hanging out with the Gentiles, because Peter had discovered the grace of God being extended to the Gentiles, right? We know that story, the vision and all that. But then when these James people would come over, uh, these Jewish believers who felt that aspects of the law should still be in place, then Peter would, you know, play the hypocrite and wouldn't hang out with the Gentiles. He wouldn't eat with them anymore, and he'd just go hang out with the Jews and and kind of so go go over there. You know, he's like a chameleon. He's just sort of blending in. And Paul called him out on it. And so there's all of that. And then Paul gets into it in, in Galatians three. He says, "You foolish Galatians, don't be you know, don't be fooled by these people." who are doing this to you. You know, you, you didn't receive the Spirit by what you do, and you're not going to remain justified by what you do. It just doesn't work that way. And then he again explains in Galatians 3 about Abraham and the gift of righteousness that comes and, and, and how that, that all came through the, the, the door of Abraham. And he gets into that in Galatians 3. But justification by faith apart from works. 
that's what this is about. But there is a growing process in our understanding of it. And in Galatians 2, Paul points out that James said, okay, look, you go to the Gentiles, if that's what you were called to do, fine, you go ahead. We're sticking here, uh, we're sticking here with our focus on the Jews. And, and it's almost as if, and, and I'm reading into this, granted, Joel, but it's almost as if James was suggesting that the Jews were still superior because they were going to adhere to the law as well as a belief in Christ. Uh, I'll probably have to leave it there because we're going to be running out of time, so I'll let you wrap this up. But there's there's much more to be said, obviously. Yeah, and we'll get into some more things. And just on that last note, I mean, there had been for many years leading up to the coming of Jesus a mindset that even the, you know the prophets and it had been foretold you know that God would come to accept the Gentiles, and yet... There was, like you said, there was this mindset. You, you got to put yourself back in the shoes of these people back then. There was still this mindset, and I'm not trying to be disparaging toward anyone. It's just, it's just the way that their minds were set. That's a mindset. They were set this way that uh, there was a superiority. The Jews thought of the Gentiles as dogs, as you know, those on the outside, as unclean. And it was hard. It was even hard for Peter. You know, Peter even had the vision where God told him that he was making the Gentiles clean. Up to that point, Peter had a hard time with that. And so you can see that in these early days of the church, people like James, people like Peter, they were growing in this. They didn't necessarily have a full revelation of everything right away. They didn't have a full. it's, It's plainly seen that they didn't have a full revelation of of the pure gospel. Uh, And so if you can keep that in mind, it might help you to accept some of these things that we're trying to point out about Paul and James and faith and works. Again, more to come on all of this in the weeks to come right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.